Welcome. You're listening to WO Voices, a podcast series from Women in Optometry magazine. I'm Marjolyn Bailefeld, editor of Women in Optometry. We're delighted you could join us. We're here today with Dr. Nicole Traybuck from Manhattan, Kansas. Dr. Traybuck and her husband operate two practices, one an independent one and one inside a, a, a Walmart location. Dr. Traybuck, welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, we, we've spoken before, and at that point, we were talking about paying off debt. And you and your husband are both recent graduates, and you both graduated with uh, with college loan debt, didn't you? Yes, we both did. They were of slightly different amounts, but essentially we both had together, it was over $200,000 in debt. Um, coming out of school, and we graduated from University of Houston College of Optometry in 2012 and paid them off in, no, it would have been November of 2015. November of 2015. So you paid your student loan debt off within four years. Yep, just over three. So pretty cool. Wow. Um, that takes some aggressive planning, and what what made you decide this was something you were going to tackle? Well, the main decision for that was the interest rate on the loan. So when we graduated from school, our student loan payment was actually of a higher amount than our house. And so, and it had a higher interest rate. So it was going to be most beneficial to us to pay that down very first thing. So what we did was we both worked a lot. We both worked six days a week at least. And uh, at the end of the month, we would take whatever money we had left after paying everybody else that we needed to take care of bills and things like that. And we would take that chunk of change and put it on the principal. So we would do that every month. And then um, you just watch it go down and you keep your monthly payments the same, but you're always adding it to the principal. We didn't you know, stop living during those three years after school. We still um, bought a house and we had a baby in 2013 and um, we still went on a couple of vacations and stuff. We just didn't completely live outside of our means. We still kind of kept our college lifestyle to a point just so that we could get rid of those Mm -hmm. loans. Right. Now, did you continue working uh, six days a week after you had the baby? Pretty much, yeah. I worked Monday through Friday and then Saturday mornings. So it was a lot, but I think it was worth it. So it, it was a better, mm-hmm. it was good for us. And the grandparents, of course, want to have their time with the baby too. So it, it works. That's nice. So having shed that debt so early in your careers, did has that allowed you to do more in terms of uh, investing in in the practices? Definitely. So the practice that we just opened in March, it is a big building. So our office space is 2,500 square feet, which is probably pretty average, maybe a little on the smaller end of most people. I don't know. But um, the building itself is actually 10,000 square feet. So by um, having our loan paid off, we could get, you know, a mortgage through our bank and have... um, that down payment set aside so we could do that. And we actually have the other spaces for lease. We have two of them leased out. One is also actually a gym that we also own. 
Um, but the other space is going to be like an Edward Jones office. And then we have two other spaces for lease just to try to start getting some residual income. Great. Now, uh, a gym. So how, how did that come about? That's kind of an interesting question. We really wanted something that didn't require a lot of build. And in the area of Manhattan that we're in, there's not a gym on this side of town. So it's just kind of a mom and pop type of gym, 24-hour access gym that you can come and go as you please. It's pretty quiet. Um, So there are several other gyms in Manhattan, but we just thought it would go well on this side of town. And we kind of just wanted to try something new, I guess. We needed something besides optometry to kind of keep fueling our fire a little bit. And you you all had the building built, correct? We did, yes, which is a whole nother disaster in its own, but it's coming along. Yeah, I remember seeing on on your uh, Facebook page mm-hmm. um, photos of your uh, little guy just all excited about the big trucks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. That was over a year ago. The construction business is one I'm glad I'm not a part of all the time, just because it's very difficult to coordinate and get things done. Um, we opened our yeah. office in March with temporary occupancy, and uh, the building was actually supposed to be done at the end of November. So five months delayed is definitely um, difficult. It's to be expected to be delayed. I think everybody kind of knows that's how construction goes. But this amount of time has been a lot more than what we expected, I think. Right, right. And uh, luckily, you still had another practice. How, How far apart are the two locations? So Manhattan is a city of about 60,000 people, but with K-State University, it adds another 25,000. So our Walmart location is on the east side of town, and then the new location is on the west side. And there's probably about five or six miles of city in between. So it's not real huge. It only takes about probably 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes to get from one to the other through the stoplights and things. Before uh, your husband took on the lease in the the Walmart location, were you working for yourselves or were you working anywhere you could? He started that location right out of school. So he's never worked for anybody else. I work at a private office over in Wamigo. It's about 15 miles outside of Manhattan. And that office has its longstanding, well-established practice. And it has... Um, three locations. So I would kind of hop around locations there. Um, and that's kind of where I worked a lot and what really helped pay down my loans. And then Kyle got his Walmart location going and did really well with it. Right. So the demand sounds like it's, it's really been there for, for you all. And you must have assessed that before you invested in, in building a, a brand new building and opening a new location. Definitely. Manhattan is a different community. So we have K-State University. So there's always 25,000 students here for, you know, eight or nine months of the year. And then we're also really close to Fort Riley. So we always have soldiers coming in and out too. And it's actually a really big base. So all of their families are always in and out. The typical rotation for them is about three years. So um, you do have your people who live here too, that are your longstanding patients and come back year after year. But you also have a new population too. So it's kind of interesting how it's 
um, growing, but the whole city is all growing. The part where we put our new building is kind of on the edge of town, but there's a lot of other medical offices around and um, different developments going on. So hopefully it'll can kind of continue to grow this way since we plan to be here for you know, the next 30 years before we retire. When you, when you work with a, with a spouse, do you come to the, you know, to the arrangement with sort of a, these are, these are my areas and those are your areas or is it fluid? How does that work for you? So because Kyle has the first cold office that he started right out of school, he was kind of already really familiar with how to do all the business aspects like, QuickBooks and taxes and payroll and things like that, that he does. Um, with me working at a private office, I gained a lot of experience through the optical side of things and how to deal with frame reps and different things at that part. So when I came over to our own private office, I pretty much let him keep doing all the taxes and QuickBooks and paperwork like that. And then I've taken over all the optical things because that's something that I've been doing for several years that he hadn't been doing. So we kind of we're really good at working together. Um, we, we haven't had a lot of fights or anything like that. I know a lot of people when they hear that we work together, they're kind of like, you work with your spouse all day? How do you do that? But because we have two locations, it's not that we really see each other all day. We just kind of have it divided out. Okay, you're going to take care of this and I'm going to take care of that. And then with the gym, we pretty much work together because it's not real difficult to do. Right, right. And what about things like staffing? Is that a, a joint? That's a, mm-hmm. it's definitely a joint effort because we both work with both locations and we both have to like our staff and we do, we have a really good staff right now. We keep it fun and we keep everybody happy because I feel like if your employees aren't happy where they're at, that's definitely going to rub off on your patients and your business and we're new enough now that everybody just really needs to be happy. So how do you how do you keep employees happy? Well, aside from pay, the positivity helps a lot too. We keep them involved. They're cross-trained. Um, we do value their opinions on things, on um, whether there's certain glasses they want or don't want, or whether it's a decision of just for our new office, like where should this go or what do you like this? So we just try to keep them as involved as we can because this is their workspace too for, you know, 40 hours a week. They need to be comfortable here and have input. Um, We do a bonus system for our employees and I've seen other on Facebook, I've seen other people do um, like an employee bonus system or compensation for selling certain amount of frames and things like that. And I don't really push that a whole lot. I don't like one person to get the whole benefit of having a good sale of glasses for the, I kind of like to keep it more of a team. So I, I include like our receptionists and in the future we'll have another tech and we'll include her too, because I feel like it's all a team. Like if we have a really good day, it's because the receptionist did a good job of bringing people in on that day for appointments. And the optician did a really good job at selling glasses or contacts or, or whatever happened. And so I feel like everybody should get that benefit. It shouldn't just be opticians getting an extra bonus because they sold X amount of glasses. Cause if they didn't have the patience from the receptionist, they wouldn't have been able to do that. But that's just my viewpoint on that. 
but it's like, hey, we met our goal today. We worked harder today. We get a little bit of extra bonus here. So it's just nice. It keeps it positive. Is it a daily production bonus? Yeah. Yeah. So um, we have certain goals for the day and I'll probably change the goals as we continue to grow right now. So we've been open since March and right now we've only had two bonus days, but that's because we're small but mighty. Mm -hmm. Um, As we get growing, I'll change it to I don't want to make it completely unattainable because there's no use in having a goal that you can never reach but um, it'll become very easy but the thing is is the more or the bigger of day we have as far as money goes the bigger their bonus is because you there's a base amount and then it goes up so there's there's really no set amount that'll probably become a day where we hit it maybe most days, and then it'll just depend on how much it is. And then you'll, you'll probably need to adjust the goals, right? In recognition of... Yeah, we'll have to look at what we need to do for sure. But I don't see that happening, you know, anytime for the foreseeable future. So it's... Uh, and, and the staff knows what, what the goal for the day is, too? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's not a secret. And we... We have it in their contract, actually. So it's not guaranteed money, but it's fun money. And everybody's fun when they're doing well. So, And we run different promotions through our office, too, different sales. If we have um, a certain amount of frames that we're trying to get moving or if we just want to have some fun, we do giveaways. Um, We did a giveaway for Mother's Day of some jewelry, and we have our grand opening coming up at the end of July that I'm starting to plan and we're going to find ways to keep that fun as well. Right. So I think as long as we keep our happy atmosphere, we'll be happy. And I think a lot of times people get stressed out with eye care and optometry because of insurance a lot of times. Um, And we've kind of eliminated half of that because we don't take any vision insurances at all. We take medical insurance only. Now, now tell me about that decision. So that decision actually stemmed from my husband from the get-go, from his first practice location. He has never, ever taken vision insurance. And that's really nice, actually. Um, A lot of times vision insurances only reimburse you about half, sometimes a third of what a medical insurance would reimburse you. So you have to decide what's worth it? Is it worth it to see a whole lot of patients in a day or is it worth it to not see as many but still make the same amount if you're taking medical insurance or however you do it? Um, So we just kind of continued that with the second office. I've worked at a private office that takes every insurance known to man. So I've kind of seen it both ways. I mean, there's good and bad with both. Of course, when you do take vision insurances, you're getting a lot bigger pool of patients. And, um, but I kind of, it's a lot less stressful for the staff and for the office to not have to deal with vision insurances because it just seems like a lot of your problems come from that perspective, honestly. And if vision insurances would reimburse closer to what medical insurances do, I'm sure it would be not quite so much of a fight, really. Um, They want to come see us, but they have uh, this vision insurance or that vision plan that we don't take. So then they don't always come and see us. But 
it's just a decision that every doctor in office has to make for themselves. I think right now we're doing well to where we can not take vision insurance, but I think it's harder to take it and then decide to not take it. But there are offices that are going that way, and I'm happy to see that because I think the more optometrists that aren't taking those vision plans that don't pay enough, maybe we'll get enough feedback back to those vision plans and they'll rethink their policies or rethink their um, reimbursement amounts and get us a little bit better deal. Do, do your staff need to spend a fair amount of time with these patients on the phone explaining that they can use the office still as an out-of-network or... Sometimes they always um, ask, they're trained to ask for their medical insurance and we can look up benefits for their medical insurance and give them a copay. And something that we do that might be different from most offices too is we don't do any billing. So everything is collected up front, whereas Mm -hmm. other offices mainly just, as far as I know anyway, just collect let co-pays and then send a patient the bill for the rest of the exam. But I feel like I really like that part because it leaves out a guessing game. We know ahead of time what the patient is going to owe and we collect that up front. There is sometimes you're wrong or the insurance company tells you wrong and you have to eat that cost. Uh, mm-hmm. Like if they say, oh, they have a $25 copay and then it turns out that they didn't pay for anything, then you do have to kind of eat that cost. But we're saving so much in employee time of sending out bills and trying to get people to pay their bills. Like I've seen that be really hard on the other office that I started working at. Um, So I think that's just kind of difficult and that's something different that we do too. So administratively, you've really streamlined that whole process from from check-in to, you know, through billing by yeah, definitely, because we've streamlined it because we've cut out billing completely, which we never had billed anyway, so that's nothing new. But then by not doing vision insurances, you know, that cuts out a ton of work, too. There's always complications because some offices will bill medical and vision insurances, and then there's complications of what's primary, what's secondary, what does the patient pay, right. and then trying to get it all billed online and get paid for it is a whole nother issue of complications. So we've really kind of, by cutting out vision insurances and cutting out billing and collecting everything up front, there's no surprises for the patients. They know when they walk in what is going to be covered because we've told them over the phone. That's interesting. And all goes, it all goes back to that happy, right? The patients aren't surprised. They're not as confused. Um, and, and Yeah, well, I mean, it keeps your staff happy too. I mean, basically by eliminating billing and insurance to a point, not all insurance, but eliminating all your vision insurances, we've probably eliminated a staff person, I would assume. So you got to consider that cost of hiring another and your insurance staff person cannot just be anybody. It has to be somebody who very much pays attention to detail and you know, that cost of that employee per year, if you put that against what you would bring in from an exam fee for a year of different insurances, you have to weigh that out. And so far, we're doing okay without it. So if we can keep doing okay without it, we will. And a lot of other offices are starting to drop insurance 
vision insurance plans who just aren't good payers. So eventually maybe they'll get the message. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They're big corporations. So who knows? And and obviously your demographics play a role in this because it's it sounds mm-hmm. like maybe there's not a major employer you know, that's got a particular plan that you're not taking. K-State, they have a vision plan, but their Blue Cross plan pays for an eye exam every year at no cost. So it doesn't really matter for their exam if they take it or not. And it that, you know, that's all covered. And so that works out really well for us. And then our Fort Riley uh, families, their exam is covered with their insurance plan. The sol- the active duty soldiers are not, but some of them don't care because they're on such a time crunch that they'll just come and pay for their exam out of pocket and not wait to get on base, especially if they're wanting contacts or they just got back from deployment or they're getting ready to go on deployment. There's just more of a time crunch thing. Yeah, you get it. That's the cool thing about optometry and owning your own business. You get to decide what you want to do and what you don't want to do. Uh, Dr. Traybuck, this is this is really interesting, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of other uh, optometrists listening to this who are going to kind of look at their numbers and wonder if if such a plan might might work for them too. Thank you so much for for thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. I hope you join us again next time on WL Voices. If you'd like to be part of our podcast series, please contact us. You can email us at wovoicesonline at gmail.com or via our website, womeninoptometry.com, on Facebook at WL Magazine, or through Twitter or Instagram at WomenODs. See you next time.